We're back. <laughs> Remember, Herbs is taking a sweet time coming up the steps. <laughs> okay, so now that everybody is here <laughs> in the studio... Uh, who exactly is everybody, Yossi? Uh, oh, I, I thought you were on the bottom of the steps when I ran upstairs. <laughs> you think I'm such an old person that I can't run up those steps? Um, um, do you want me to answer that? Uh, no, not today. Okay, anyways, so, uh, I'd like to welcome everybody to jradio.com, and I'd like to remind everybody that you're listening to Storytime with Rabbi Itzy Herbs and his sidekick, me, Yassi! Wow, that's pretty good for you. Okay, so we're in a very good mood this week, Baruch Hashem. We have a very good story, look covered the three weeks. So I'd like to remind everybody you're listening to jradio.com. And if you'd like to listen on the tiddly phone, you can listen to us on 712-432-4217. If you listen to us on the kosher internet, you can listen to us at jradio.com. All right. And if you'd like to listen to us live on the telephone or to follow the menu and uh, listen to us on archives, that means if you missed the show, you'd like to catch up. <clears throat> so that, uh, and that number is 718-506-9099. That number again is 718-506-9099. And to send donations, which are definitely needed, to Jared Radio. So you can send your donations to Jared Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. That address again is 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. Okay, and of course, if you would like to text in a possible story idea uh, with all the pretty much details and the general gist of the information or where I could find the story or whatever, and you can do that. Or if you would like to uh, text in to uh, um, find out information about how you can advertise or uh, sponsor a show, so then you could text in to 347-927-8398. And the number will never ever say it's not going to be told, right? Of course not. We never say that number of 718-683-5858 because everybody knows that number to call at the end of the show to tell us what lesson they learned, right? Yeah, so you never mentioned it just now? Did I? You think that I mentioned 718-683-5858? Of course not. You mentioned it. I did not mention 718-683-5858. What did you just do? Uh, you tricked me. Mm-hmm. I always do that. Okay, anyway, so um, uh, let's see. I'd like to remind everybody that this uh, tonight show is sponsored as, as a refuah shlema for Chaim Yosef Tzvi Ben Sora Miriam. And is also sponsored as a refuah shlema for Peril Bas Chaya Rivka. Okay, and I'd like to remind everybody... That if you're interested in hiring... I'll tell everybody, if you're interested in hiring Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs, either for storytelling, extreme martial arts demo, or for Kayach von der Mayach. Oh, yes, a big hit, smashing success, if <laughs> I do say so myself. Okay, anyway, so if you're interested, the number to call is 718-375-1294. That number again is 375-1294. Dialing 718 always helps. So let's do that again. Ah, let's rewind. The number to call is 718-375-1294. Well, that was pretty good. 
Okay. Uh, and if you're interested in ordering any of Rabbi Yitzhak's uh, story CDs that, you know, he currently has over 50 of them, uh, that's mostly not in stores. Um, so uh, you could uh, call up 718-375-1294, and he will be more than happy, that is the rabbi over here, you know the Rabbi Yitzhak's, will be more than happy to email you or fax to you the updated list at the present time. Also, if you want, he will uh, also email you or uh, the link, uh, you know, if you want to see a little bit of the highlights of what Kayach and the Mayach is all about, <laughs> he will be more than happy to do that too. Okay, so if anybody's interested in hiring Rabbi Yitzhak for those times, or whatever it is, you know, you never know which day he could be available, because once in a while there's a cancellation, and once in a while there's not just once in a while, it just might be one of those days that nobody ordered anything yet at that particular time, and when you call, you just might have that muzzle. Okay, now where was I? Uh, where was I? I was about, oh, yes, if anybody's interested in any, uh, you know, like martial arts lessons, you know, to learn uh, self-defense or, you know, uh, or to learn Qigong energy exercises, you know, and things like that, you know. Um, you know, the person to call is Rabbi Yitzhak at 718-375-1294. And uh, let's say we cover that. Uh, art lessons also, you know, and if you need artwork, you know, uh, paintings, uh, kasubas, you know, uh, that, you know, things like that. You know, uh, you can always call Rabbi Yitzhak, you know, he designs, you know, uh, things here and there also, you know. Need paintings, you know, special illustrations and so on and so forth. You know, well, well, well anyways, uh, um, uh, Rabbi Yitzhak, are you ready for the story? I've been ready a long time. I was just watching to see how long you're going to go like that. Oh, I think I'm done. Okay, that's very good. And I would like to remind everybody that it's getting closer than you think. I'm not going to reveal the name yet, but yes, it will be available in all stores, Bez Hashem, at the end of the summer. A brand new story CD by yours truly, Rabbi Yitzhak. Yes, he's going to come out with a brand new CD together with Yufa Studios. Wow, 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 wow. What a joint project. Woo! I'm telling you, when Rabbi Yitzhak gets together with Yufa Studios, with the genius of uh, 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 Rabbi Yossi Framos, wow! Unbelievable! This story is going to be one of the greatest stories that were ever released. <laughs> but we're not allowed to tell you the title yet. <laughs> but we're just going to spark your memories and spark your mind to get ready for this unbelievable, fantastic story CD that will come out right after the summer. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I did everything. I hope so. I mean, uh... Uh, and the book, of course, is still available in stores. Yes, and, and, uh... And don't forget to brush your teeth before you go to sleep. Uh, uh, we don't have to tell that part. Oh, oh uh, anything else? Uh, yes, you could just sit down over there, and I will tell the story. Okay, this story is said to be somewhat true, and, uh, you know, uh, it's based on... Well, if it's not 100% true, it's definitely based on historical um, facts, that's for sure. But according to one of the sources that I saw, it said it's a true story. But it just didn't give some names there. Um, but I researched part of what it said in the story. And uh, some parts of it is fairly accurate. And some parts is not historically accurate. Um, you know, but uh, we'll get to it as we tell you the story. Basically, I'm going to tell the uh the version of the story that, like, uh, how should I say? How about saying the story, and then we'll know what you say. 
Uh, okay, so I'm going to basically use the a couple of versions mushmash together to sound like one smooth flowing story, except at the very end, I just may tell you that there are two different endings to this story. Okay, so here we go. Now, being that it's in the three weeks, I think it's appropriate that we should, like, tone down some of our simcha to a certain extent and start feeling the churbin, you know, and start having a feeling to want Mashiach to come and we should start improving our ways to improve our Havas Yisrael and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, um, I'd like to remind everybody that, you know, yes, Baruch Hashem, we're living in America. We should be very thankful for that, that we have freedom of religion and so on and so forth. But, you know, not every time and not everywhere was it so. This story goes back to the 1800s, to be more precise, in the area of 1827. In the year 1825, Tsar Nicholas I, was the emperor of Russia, and at the same time, he was the king of Poland too. In short, he had a very strong and powerful kingdom, and he ruled for over 30 years approximately, or more accurate, exactly 30 years pretty much. And then, finally, things got a little bit better for some people over there when Alexander II uh, took over. Okay, so we got a little background. Ah, uh, yes, we do. Okay, so where are you going to start from? Uh, we'll start from Tsar Nicholas's palace. How about there? Oh, that's a great place to start. Uh, Tsar, yo-ho, Russia, are you there? Of course I am here. Well, of course I am in Russia. That's where I'm the Tsar. <laughs> no, I was doing a play on words. You're Russia, Russia. <laughs> what did he say, Rabbi Oops? Oh no no just just start the story. Let's go. Let's let's get moving, okay? We want to try to finish the whole story in, in one session, okay? Can we do that? Oh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Men, you are to carry out my decree just like I said. You know the Cantonist business has been around for a long long time, but I would like to make some adjustment now. <laughs> I would like now to uh, take away Jewish children at the age of 12 years old, or maybe even younger. <laughs> and uh, we bring them to a uh, farmers, they brainwash them a bit, get rid of their uh, Jewish idealism, you know, whatever, the, the Jewish religion from inside them, rip it out from them, then take them into army and keep them in army for, uh, how should I say, at least 25 years, and then after that, even another five years in reserves. <laughs> this way we knock out their religion. Yes? Everybody agree? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Of course. <laughs> Whatever the Tsar said. Whatever the Tsar said. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Good. All right. Set out and do what you have to do. I want to see that the majority of the Cantonists are from the Jewish people. Get it? I want to knock out their religion from their heads. <laughs> and so, sure enough, that was Tsar Nicholas I's plan in order to try to knock out Yiddish guy. Now, in the 1700s, if you know your history well, 
the idea of Cantonists of taking children and then bringing them slowly and getting them to become military trained was around in the 1700s. But they didn't just take Jewish children. Um, at that time, they took all kinds of ethnic children. Uh, they tried to take people that were not necessarily following the ideals of the Russians, but, you know, uh, the idea was to break these children and brainwash them that they should serve loyally the Russian czars. And if they served the Russian czars, then, of course, they would be brave soldiers that knew no fear. Because if you break fear when you're little, you don't have fear when you're older. It's much harder to break your fears when you're older. Okay, now we got that piece out of the way. Let's go on to a small shtetl where a little boy named Berle lives. So, Bell, please listen to me. We are trying our best to hide you just like all the other Jewish parents are trying to hide their children. We are doing our very best. But, Beryl, you should be fully aware we might not be able to do this forever. Unless Hashem makes a miracle and gets rid of the Tsar Nicholas I, the Russia, the hated, this hated person over here, if Hashem doesn't make a miracle, then we are going to Ratzora. For whatever reason, HaKadosh Baruch wants, we will not give up our Munim, but talking to the Israel, we know that everything has a purpose. And if bad things happen to us, it's because we sin. Maybe we're not doing Ben Odom Lechaveroi. Maybe we as parents are not appreciating at our children, so Hashem is taking away the children and making them into Cantonese, whatever. Anyways, the idea is I heard, Bell, that the snatcher, the people that look to find the children because they know that the Jewish people are trying to hide their children, so therefore they are looking very hard. And I heard that they're getting closer and closer to our town. So, Beryl, I want you to keep your eyes open. I always keep my eyes open, Tonti, because if I don't keep my eyes open, then I could bump into a tree, you know. Beryl, this is not time for that now. Beryl, trust me. And remember, Shema Yisrael should always be on your lips. Please remember, no matter what you are in, and when the time is right, I'm sure you will come back. Okay? Now, let's always be vigilant and look what's going on. And so they were. They were vigilant, and they always kept their eyes out. So for the next few weeks, they were pretty good. But then, one day, a snatcher arrived. Hmm. <laughs> I am the snatcher. But I will not give myself away as the snatcher. I will wear a disguise. I will look like one of the religious Jews here. Mm. Look at me walking the streets. They don't think and suspect that I'm the snatcher. <laughs> and the reason they don't suspect me to be the snatcher is very simple. <laughs> because I look like them. <laughs> oh, what is that? A little boy. Hmm, let's see. Let me look at the list of names that I have here from people who live in this town. Uh, Michal Goldstein. Um, excuse me, sonny boy. May I talk to you for a minute? Uh, uh, who are you? I, I don't know you. 
Uh, you're a stranger in town. Uh, listen, I'm a cousin to uh, Michael Goldstein. Uh, just that I forgot where he lives. I just need you to show me where he is, that's all. And then after that, you can go, all right? Just show me where Michael Goldstein is. Oh, you're a cousin to Michael Goldstein. How lovely. I didn't know that he had cousins. I guess they never visit too often. All right, this way, sir. Come with me. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> One, two, three. Gotcha! Ow, ow, let me go. <laughs> and sure enough, the snatcher grabbed up Beryl, took him away, and naturally, when his parents saw that Beryl did not come home for supper, they realized that he was gone. They searched the streets in vain, but it didn't help because he was gone. They were mispallowed for his quick return, but things were different. Hashem had other plans for this barrel. This barrel was taken with a bunch of other children, thrown onto a wagon, and the wagon was taken away. And finally, it arrived by a farm. And one of the soldiers got down and said, All right, boy, you, you, get down here. What's your name? Uh, my, my, my name is Beryl. <laughs> your name is Yuri. Uh, 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 no, 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 it's Beryl. No, Yuri. No, it's Beryl. Yuri. Beryl. Yuri. Battle! Yuri! Battle! Yuri! Battle! And suddenly, this big bull van, this officer, took his hand and gave a patch right across the face to Beryl. Oh, that hurts. Oh, you hit me again. Why'd you do that? And take this. Oh, why you keep hitting me? Should I hit you? I'd like to see you try. I would like to see myself try, too. Now let's try this again. What is your name? My name is Barrow. Really? And suddenly he picked up his hand and wanted to hit Beryl one more time and Beryl hopped what was going on and he said, ah, Hold it! My name is Yuri. <laughs> Beryl Yuri. <laughs> no, just Yuri. Uh, okay, uh, Yuri Beryl. No, just Yuri, ah, here comes the farmer now. Petrushkov, come here. Yeah, ha, 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 ha. So this is the little boy I have to take care of. Okay, come this way, sonny boy. What name you give him? I give him Yuri. Ah, Yuri, this way. And so, Yuri, alias Beryl, was taken into the farm. And this farmer was merciless. He beat him sometimes if he didn't listen. And gradually, Beryl was just a kid. And he was just about 11 or 12. And he just couldn't take it anymore. So he found it easier to cooperate. So he stopped eating kosher. He stopped trying to just eat vegetables and slip things here and there. In his heart, he knew he was Jewish. In his heart, he kept saying over and over, I'm a Yid, I'm a Yid, I'm Jewish, I'm Jewish. I must not, I must not, I must not forget it. 
I won't, I, I won't say it out loud, but I must not forget it. And of course, since he didn't want to be beaten, he acted just like a guy. The farmer even took him to the Besatuma, to the cloister. And eventually, as he was old enough, which was about another five years, he was taken into the Russian army. But by that time, when he was in the Russian army, he no longer thought about his Yiddishkeit, except in his heart. I'm a Yid, I'm a Yid, but I don't do nothing. I miss my bar mitzvah. Oh, terrible. I don't even got a pair of children. I don't even know how to put one on. Uh, I'm starting to forget how to read. I'm starting to forget how to talk and everything. Oh, this is terrible. And he trained in the army. And he trained there for a little bit longer. And gradually started to mature. And was a very good soldier. And in the army, he realized that when he watched some Cantonese soldiers, if they showed any signs that they were Jewish, they got beaten, or they weren't treated fairly. So he decided to act totally, totally, in the public's eye, like a guy. And he mamish acted just like he was one of the typical Russian soldiers. And he even made friends with them. And then, one day, it happened. The captain came inside. All right, listen up over here. We are going to go on maneuvers, and then after the maneuvers, if uh, the general is happy with the maneuvers, then it will happen that everybody will get a, 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 a leave, you know, a, like a furlough. You'll be able to go into the town, and you could <laughs> drink it up if you want, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and so, sure enough, they were going on maneuvers. And they were using live ammunition when they were practicing. And you heard those muskets shoot. Keep your head down. If you don't keep your head down, you'll be shot. This is real ammunition. Uh, yeah, I noticed. I noticed. All right. All right. Yuri, keep your head down. Uh, my head is down. My head is down. Okay, okay. Oh, that sure missed me. And after several hours of climbing through the mud, of crawling through the mud, I should say, and climbing little trees and big trees and, and little walls of stone or whatever, and going through this hard, hard work, they finally finished their maneuvers, and they returned back to the army camp. And the captain said, Oh, good, good reports. Everything is good. Okay, line up over here. I will give you papers for the furlough. Here you go, here's for you. Here you go, here's for you. Here you go, Yuri, this is for you. <laughs> Drink and get yourself a little drunk. It's okay, don't worry. Go, 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 go. And sure enough, they all went into town. Now, there was a strange thing that Tsar Nikolai, as he was called, even though his name really is Nicholas the first, but Tsar Nikolai used to like to do things for his pleasure, and also to get an idea of how the people think of him or look at him, sort of to say. So he used to wear a disguise. A lot of kings and, and, and leaders used to do things like that, and Tsar Nicholas, or Tsar Nikolai as he's called, was one of those who actually went over and wore a disguise. And he was in his room, 
Okay, let's see now. Mm, let me make my mustache a little bit different here. Let me mush my hair here like this. Yeah, let me put this like that. Okay, I don't look nervous like Nikola. <laughs> I just look like typical peasant. Yes, okay, good. Let me go into the town and uh, see what's going on. Okay, I will take my horse up into the town. All right, I will tie my horse to this tree. All right, now I will go into the town. What is this? It's quiet on this part of the town. Hey, what's going on? It's pretty early still. The night is still young. What is going on here? Hmm, let me walk over there. Oh, there I see the lanterns burning very well into the Kretschmer, the bar. <laughs> hmm. That bar, if my research is correct, eh, it is frequented by some peasants and many soldiers. Hmm. Oh, it's a good idea to find out if my soldiers are loyal. If they get drunk, I could see what they talk about. Because when people get drunk, <laughs> the mouths keep talking. Yepity, 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 yep. <laughs> okay, let me go into the bar. Here I am by the door. All right. Now, I go inside. <laughs> ah, there's a soldier sitting by the bar over there. <laughs> yeah. Hello there. How are you? What is your name? Huh? Oh. <laughs> my. My name is Yuri. I have a private in the Royal Imperial Army of the Russian Tsar. And you, uh, who are you? Me? Just call me um, uh, Georgie. Oh, okay. Georgie, nice to meet you, Georgie. Georgie, hi. Uh, you like me. You don't have a partner to drink. Hi, I'm treating you. Sit right down here. And here, I'll take this bottle here, and I'll pour you a drink. <coughs> All right, now. Uh, one, two, three, that's toast. Now, of course, Yuri, which was really barrel. He didn't keep anything of Yiddishkeit, so he didn't even make any brachas. So it was very easy on the outside to actually look like a guy, act like a guy, because that's what he felt. The only thing is that his father burnt into his heart pretty strong, and he should remember that he is a Yid, and one day he will come back, and he should never forget it. And inside a recess of his heart, it was there, what many of us know it as, the Pintala Yid, which in those who don't speak Yiddish, the Pintala Yid means the small point of the Yud, the small tiny Yud, a small point, a little bit left, the Pintala Yid, the dotted Yud, the little Yud. Anyways, so let's go weiter. 
So in this story, let's tell you what happened. So, Tsar Alexander, no. We're talking about Tsar Nicholas. I'm paying attention. Very good. Okay, so Tsar Nicholas, who is in disguise, said, All right, <laughs> I will drink with you. Okay, one, two, three, let's toast. Okay, hey, can you drink down in one uh, gulp? Yeah, I can drink down in one gulp. Can you? I can. Okay, a one, a two, a one, two, three. Oh, no, 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 don't sing, just drink. Here we go. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah, that was very good. Huh? You, you, you didn't refill your glass. You deserve a smack for that. Oh, oh what do you smack me for? Around here. Don't you know? It's customary. And when you finish the glass of vodka, you fill it up again. And you drink again until you both finally had enough. Are you such a weakling that you can only drink one glass? Oh, no, no, no. I can drink other drink. Give me, give me. Okay, a toast. Oh, this was good. Yeah, that was good. Huh? You did it again. I'm sorry. Ah, take that. Oh, you hit me again. That hurt. What's the matter with you? Yeah, you didn't fill up the glass. Can I fill it up? Okay. No problem. I fill it up. Okay, one more time toast. Yeah, one more time toast. Okay. No, here we go. Oh, this is good. <laughs> okay, I think we're done. The bottle is empty. What? He's picking up his hand. Ouch. 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 What you hit me so many times for? What happened now? Uh, well, you didn't ask me to get you another bottle. Okay, get all the bottle. All right, I'll get another bottle. Hey, bartender, put down another bottle. Uh, okay, I'll put down another bottle. But don't forget you got to pay for it, okay? Yeah, 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 I'll pay for it, don't worry. And so they stayed in the bar and they drank out the second bottle. By then, Yuri did not smack the czar, and he had no idea he was talking to the czar. He had no idea his drinking partner was the czar. <laughs> and he had no idea that he smacked the czar. But anyways, the czar said, Okay, I think we had enough to drink, yes? Yeah, I think so too. Hi, bartender. What do I owe you? We'll, um, go ahead, pay. The bartender is coming. I'm coming, okay. Hey, bartender. Yes, one second, I'm coming here, okay. Yeah, I'm available here. You have two bottles, okay. One one ruble for the first bottle in the... You took good stuff, yeah. And you know, you, you need another ruble for the other bottle. Do you have another ruble? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have. Um, um, uh, 
I have one rumble left, so I'll pay for one bottle. Oh, so maybe I should call the police and take you. No, 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 no. I, I, I get paid at the end of the week. So you know what I'm going to do? I, I'm going to leave you my sword, okay? I don't need it now because we did maneuvers already. I, I can wait till the end of the week, and if somehow I get money earlier, uh, I'll come back here and I'll pay you the rule. Okay? So here is my sword. At that moment, the, the Tsar, Tsar Nikolai started thinking in his mind, What? This is disgraceful. I may be drunk, but I'm not totally drunk. I didn't lose my mind yet, but this guy did. What kind of soldiers in my army like this? He gives up his royal sword for collateral? For this bartender to hold on to till the end of the week? Hmm. I will teach him a lesson. He will never, ever, ever forget. <laughs> okay. All right, so you give me your sword. Very nice of you. Okay, now let's walk out together. Yeah, let's walk out together. You're my new buddy, Georgie. <laughs> and of course, the real reason why Beryl, known now as Yuri, was drinking all alone, because whenever he was alone, that's the only time he had a chance to think about whatever he remembered about Yiddishkeit, which as the time was moving on, was getting less and less, and much harder for him to concentrate that he was a Yid. But since he was drinking so much and he was getting a little bit drunk, it was easy for him to befriend George, alias, or a.k.a., as... Yep. Ah, uh, Nicholas I. Thank you, Yossi. Okay, so anyways, the Tsar was walking with him, and he said, All right, tell me, looking at your uniform, you're a royal soldier, yes? Uh, uh, yes, yes. Okay, so tell me, uh, what the army division are you in? I'm, I'm in the 35th, the 35th uh, the, the, the division. I'm in the 35th division. Yeah, that's what I am in. Uh-huh, uh -huh. 35th division. In the what regiment? Huh? The regiment? The 21st regiment. The, the 21st re re regiment. That's what I'm in. Oh, very, very good, very good. Okay, listen. Uh, probably the army camp is that way to the right, and where I go is to the left. I got to go back to my farm. Okay, see you. All right, see y'all. And when the Tsar came back to his palace, he was furious. Huh, terrible, terrible. What is this soldier? What does he think he is? And, of course, the Tsar didn't realize he was a Cantonist. And he didn't even realize that this soldier was Jewish, because if he did, he probably would have done something right then and there. But he didn't want to give away his disguise, so he figured he could do it in the army way. So what he did was he sent out a letter to the general of the 35th Division, 21st Regiment. What? What is this? The Tsar's coming for inspection tomorrow. Oh boy, oh boy, that's terrible. Uh, attention, all captains, all lieutenants, all colonels, all, all officers, whatever officers you got, okay? Uh, get over here quickly. Listen to me very carefully. You better spread the word. Everybody better be in tip-top shape, tip top tip 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 top shape. If anybody's drunk from last night or whatever it is, you just make sure 
that everybody is, is sober. The uniforms are clean and, and the boots are polished and the barracks are, are, are swept clean. Everything's got to be uh, uh, beautiful, all set up. You got that? Yes, sir. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Don't give me okay, okay. You just give me an inspection that's good enough to pass the czar. Got that? Now go to your divisions, go to your uh, platoons, go to your men and give the orders. And suddenly the captain came in to where Yuri, also known as Beryl, was sitting on his bed. Uh, what a hangover. Oh, it's for that other night. Well, very interesting having a drinking partner. Oh, I must have drank so much just to see that I can drink more than him. All right, whatever. Anyways, um, uh oh, the captain's got it. Yes, sir. Your attention, everybody. Listen very carefully here and don't uh, make believe you don't hear me. Tomorrow. These barracks better be spotless, you understand? Also, your uniforms better be spotless and you better be dressed and make sure all your weapons are just right. Because tomorrow we're getting a surprise, but it's not such a surprise. Because it is a surprise, but not such a surprise. Because he gave us some notice so we could get somewhat ready. So listen carefully. You understanding? There's going to be inspection tomorrow by the Tsar himself. And I don't have to tell you, if he's not satisfied, you know what's going to happen, yes? Uh-oh, the Tsar himself. Oh, boy, this is terrible. I just remembered I gave my sword for collateral, and, and, and I don't have any money to redeem it from the bar. Oh, boy, what am I going to do? He's going to see I don't have a sword. I'm in big trouble. <gasps> Wait a minute. I'm pretty good at carving. I got a great idea. Yeah, sure. Why not? Hmm. That piece of wood over there is just about the right size. Hmm. Let me just whittle over here and carve. And within an hour or two, this person, Beryl, also known as Yuri, or Yuri known as Beryl, or right now Beryl, but known as Yuri. Anyways, Yuri went over and he finished carving out a beautiful wooden sword. And he put it in the sheath. And of course, he polished the top so this way it whatever coloring he had to do, he made it look like it was a pretty much on the top. It looked like a regular sword. And so what happened was is the next day came. They blew the trumpet, so whatever, the bugles. And all the soldiers started rushing out of the barrack. Don't push me. I'm going to push you again. Get your robot out of my ear. Put your sock on quicker. I'm putting my sock on. But don't put it on top of the boot. Put the boot on after the sock. And sure enough, the general said, Attention! And all the soldiers stood at attention. At that moment, in came into the fortress. Into this army camp came the Tsar and his entourage. And the Tsar went with his horse and carriage very slowly. And then when he came to all the soldiers standing at attention, he got out of his carriage. And then 
he walked along and he walked to the soldiers and he walked and he walked and he walked he was looking for one killer soldier and nobody knew that the Tsar gave a look he gave a little smirk here a little smirk there sometimes he made a comment not bad you look good oh then he said to himself oh I see what's going on here <laughs> of course there he is my drinking partner <laughs> okay I'm gonna take you of my drinking partner now let's see the soldier in front of me looks pretty good I'll give him good skier <laughs> worth the sacrifice because I can't tell him clearly that I know he doesn't have the sword you over there soldier huh? what me Huh? What's the matter, sir? What's the matter? I'm standing at attention, aren't I? <laughs> standing at attention. Look at your uniform. It's a disgrace. My, my uniform is clean. What's the matter with my uniform? My uniform is clean. <laughs> what is your name? My name is Ivan. Ivan, this you call uniform. It's too big on you. Hey, look at this button. It's not buttoned. Uh, but it is buttoned. I said it's not buttoned. And the Tsar walked over to him, and he unbuttoned the button. But, but Tsar... Don't question me. I'm the Tsar. You have nerve to speak back to me. But, but uh, I didn't do anything. I, I, I was dressed around. Don't tell me you didn't do anything. Then... The Tsar turned to the soldier right next to him, which was Yuri, also known as Beryl. And he turned to Yuri and he said, You soldier, you're standing right next to him. I order you right now to take out your sword right now and chop off his head right now. And suddenly Yuri, the Beryl part just came out from him and he started thinking in his mind, uh-oh. If I don't cut off his head, then they'll cut off my head. Because, you know, it's not a good idea not to listen to the czar. So what am I going to do? I can't kill an innocent person. I mean, he's innocent. Why is the czar picking on him? Uh, wait a minute. Ah, did a Bainish lamb just put a thought in my head? All right, your honor, the czar, I am prepared to carry out your mission. And, uh, Tsar, uh, your highness, let me just tell you like this. If it turns out that this man is innocent and he really did his best to be, uh, you know, uh, like a soldier supposed to look, then when I pull out my sword to cut off his head, my sword should turn to wood. And if he is deserving of death, then my sword will be iron like it's supposed to be and I will cut off his head as the Tsar requested. And the Tsar is looking. What kind of trick is this? Hey, what is this? He doesn't have his sword. What is he talking about? And suddenly, this Yid, this Beryl, this Yuri, pulled out his sword. And everybody stared at it. And they looked at it and they saw it was wood. And everybody called, It's wood! 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 And the Tsar said, Hmm. Very interesting. 
I do not know how you performed this miracle, but it did turn to world. Okay, therefore, this man lives. Your friend lives, not you. I liked you. I want to talk to you. And of course, the Tsar couldn't tell him that he was his drinking partner and he knew he didn't have a sword. But the Tsar saw that this man was very intelligent and he wanted him to be near him. So the Tsar said, You! I like you! You're brave! You're intelligent! You will now be made a sergeant and you will come to work by me. And so he was transferred, began to work by the Tsar. And the Tsar enjoyed his brilliance. The Tsar enjoyed everything about him. It was just amazing. But the Tsar never once asked him if he was Jewish. And gradually, the reason why he didn't ask him, by the way, was, I know, I know. Okay, you can tell us why. Because the reason is because uh, Yuri, known as Beryl, but Beryl, known as Yuri now, um, he never did anything to show anything that gave a hint that he's Jewish. That's right. So let me tell you what happened. So Yuri was promoted every now and then, every few months, every few weeks, every few months. He went from a sergeant to a master sergeant to a sergeant major, eventually became a lieutenant and a captain and a colonel. And one day, when he was a lieutenant colonel, he was having a conversation with the Tsar. And the Tsar said, <laughs> You're very smart man. I noticed that. You know, I never discussed this with you. But I'm very curious. You give very good advice. I want to know. Tell me. Tell me honestly. Eh... Uh, uh, you're a religious person, yes? Um, what do you mean by that? You believe in God? Uh, yes, I do. Oh, do you go to, uh, a church every Sunday? Um, um, I guess I'm gonna have to tell him the truth. What do you say? Uh, no. You're religious and you don't go to the church? I do not understand. Uh, that's because... I, I must confess, I am Jewish. What? <laughs> All this time, I'm standing next to you, and I never suspected that you were a Cantonist. <laughs> you know, you're very intelligent, and you're very smart. You outsmart me all this time. You know, I got news for you. I like you very much, and I got great plans for you. Listen to me. Your parents, do you know if they're alive or dead? I have no idea. Good, not a problem. Me, my wife, we be your parents. We be like your step-parents, okay? We take you to our family, and we take you to the big base uh, of Tuma, and uh, we are uh, converting you. What do you say? Uh, um, well, um, uh, really, I, 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 I'm Jewish. What do you know about Judaism? You haven't kept your Judaism for how many years? Uh, uh, quite a long time, but, but I guess when I'm out of the army, I, I, I'll try to find out more about it. <laughs> My goal is to rid all you people of your religion. In many cases, it's working, yes? I, I don't know. I didn't speak to anybody else yet to see. <laughs> Listen to me.
You think about what I say, because if you don't do what I say, not going to be good for you. Understand what I mean? And of course, every day, the czar gave him strong hints that it would not go well for him if he didn't convert. And so finally, he thought about it and he said, um, you know what? I guess I'll just make him happy and I'll convert in public. But inside, <laughs> I'll, I'll still be Jewish. Yeah. Because I remember my father said, once you're a yid, you're always a yid. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'll do. Uh, 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 all right, uh, your, your majesty, I, I, I think I'll, I'll do what you want. I'll convert. Very good. Very good. We're going to go to Kiev by the big, big church over there. And that's where you will be baptized and everything, okay? Uh, all right, no problem. And sure enough. He was on the big stagecoach or whatever the carriage, sitting together with the Tsar. And as they were traveling, they suddenly came to a bridge. And on this bridge, without warning, this Yiddish soldier, who didn't know much about his Yiddish kind except that he is a Yid. And now he's not going to give up whatever Pintle Yid he has left just to satisfy the Tsar. So he suddenly opened up the door of the carriage without warning, and he jumped from the carriage off the bridge and into the rushing waters below, and the waves carried him away. Was he alive? Was he dead? Nobody knew, but one thing was for sure. The czar suddenly had a change of heart. Hmm, this is very interesting. All these years I'm trying to get the Jews to give up their Judaism. But look at this. Even though he makes believe he's like one of us, but deep down he never gave it up. So maybe my plan is not working. If it's not working, why should I even bother with it? And so, sure enough, from that day on, the Tsar changed the rules. Eventually, he had the law in a, up until 1855, the law became that they stayed as a Cantonist for 12 years, a soldier, you know, together with being a Cantonist soldier, for 12 years and only three years in reserve. And then they were able to be released. But after the death of Tsar Nicholas I and Alexander II took over, Alexander II abolished the decree on August 26, 1856. Altogether, it's estimated that anywhere, because since the records were very hard to keep track, but as a rough estimation, between 30 to 70,000 Jewish boys served as Cantonistan soldiers. They consisted of more than 20% of all the Cantonistan soldiers. The other soldiers were trained as little boys because they wanted them to be fearless. The Jews were being trained because they wanted them to get rid of their Yiddishkeit. But obviously... If a Yid holds on to their pintle Yid, it just doesn't go away. Wow, Rabbi I don't know if you ever told such a serious story like that before. Uh, you said there was another version. Yes, there is another version. And the other version says that since he knew that he was going to go across the bridge, and he knew that he has to convert, but he knew that he doesn't want to, so when he jumped off the bridge to say Shema Yisrael, the Tsar didn't realize that he had a hollow reed in his pocket. And when he landed in the water, he held on to like, like seaweed under the water, and he stuck out the reed in between the stuff, 
and he was breathing under the water. When they saw he didn't come up, they thought he drowned, but they didn't realize he was breathing. And after they returned back to the capital city, this Yid, now soon to be dead, took off his military clothing, and he made his way back to his home village. And he searched to follow all the ways of Yiddishkeit and to be even stronger than he ever was. Wow, what a story! I think we have a few minutes left, right, Nissen? Okay, I mean, well, Nissen, Nissen, no, okay. No, again, Nissen and Nissen sound alike. Okay, anyways, uh, okay, uh, can we take a few phone calls? Okay, hello, you're on the air. What's your name? And what lesson do you learn from tonight's story? Me? Yes, you. What's... Um, I learned that, um, that you should always trust Nissen and that you should never speak to strangers. Very good. Excellent. Thank you very much. Okay. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name and what lesson you learned tonight's story? Uh, Previet. <laughs> okay, you got to be quick because we, the whole switchboard right, is lit up. Right. Okay. okay, so I'll tell me. be very quick about this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, guess how many I've got this time? I've got two. Okay. Right, count down, please. Okay, Number go ahead. One, you should always uh, keep your Yiddishkeit and uh, you shouldn't really uh, make such bad decrees. And good job on your part, Zar. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Okay, good next phone call. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name and what lesson you learned tonight's story? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. What's your name? What lesson you learned tonight's story? My name is Ariel Murakhayev, and I learned my, le- my lesson was that you should always remember you're a Jew. Excellent. Never forget your pintily inside you. Excellent. Thank you very much. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name and what lesson you learned tonight's story? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. What's your name and what lesson you learned tonight's story? Adina. Okay, Adina, what lesson you learned tonight's story? That you should always make sure that you're a Jew, and, and even if you're getting hurt, you should still remain a Jew, because you always want to be a Jew, because if you're not a Jew, something can happen to you. Very good. Excellent. Thank you very much. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name, and what lesson you learned tonight's story? Well, my name is Yaakov, and... Uh... I'm not so sure that I read the, I didn't listen to the whole story, but I read the story, I think. And um, the, I, um, I think uh, you should always trust in Hashem. Excellent. Very good. Where did you read this story from? Um, this library gives these books out, so I got one. I read it. Okay. So I know it's in two different books, but it's all right. It's good. It's called The Unknown Soldier or something like that. Okay, very good. Because in one place it's called the Unknown Soldier, another place is called the Tsar and the Soldier. Okay, thank you very much. Hello, that's about it. Okay, we're out of time. So, Bez Hashem, until next week. Everybody have a wonderful weekend, a wonderful Shabbos. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.